On today's moderately enjoyable podcast, we will have our dogs and cats of the week. Rough. A discussion on what comparison looks like in our lives and a tricycle. Trilogy, Trident, Trace Leches, the Nina, the Penta, the Santa Maria, the Three Amigos. Of our favorite competitive events. Are we ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Moderately Enjoyable episode number three. Guys, what are some notable threes out there? The three cools that Andy Samberg says every time in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Iconic. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Like that. Duh, Dale Earnhardt. Mm. <laughs> the famous three. Dale. The, the number three. I was thinking, uh, yeah, only. I was thinking mm. Babe Ruth. Mm. I was thinking uh, Babe Ruth, yes, absolutely. John Adams. Great. John Adams number one. three. Prisoner of Azkaban. Number three. I've found a way to work it in again this week. That is true. That is true. Uh, Return of the King. Another another reason why you need to read Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's the third book. There there Revenge things... of the Sith. Great. Return of the Jedi. Did Fine. you say Revenge of the Sith is great? Yeah, it's great. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm up there with that. When you follow up Attack of the Clones, you can only be great. That's true. I'd say... It's the tyranny of low expectations. <laughs> I'd say most season threes of shows are when they start getting good. The Parks Office, and Parks and Rec, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. New Girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right, then. Let's let's jump in for the week. Dogs and Cats of the Week. Starting with our uh, Connor. Give us your dog of the week. Um, Wolf. Yeah, speaking of Prisoner Wolf. of Azkaban, I started reading the Harry Potters again, so... How kinda, many times do you think you've read it? I, oh, I don't know. Like, like the whole way through, probably not as much as you would think, but like individual books, a, 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 a whole bunch. You also started without telling me you were starting. Can we, oh. can we talk about this treachery for a moment? All right, so real quick, Evan brings home Sorcerer's Stone from his parents' house, and I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I'll go get mine, and, and we'll go ahead and start reading them. We'll read them together. And so I went and got them, and then just messed around and read 200 pages one day. <laughs> Inevitably. And then came down and told Evan about it. And he's like, I was waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I waited for you. Exactly. It was rough. I felt very bad. But I also kept reading. <laughs> <laughs> he's on Prisoner of Azkaban now. <laughs> right. So my dog of the week is going to have to be... I got new shoes from Nike. Pumped about mm. them. Pegasus. Um, Pegasus 36. Uh, upon request from Austin Woods. Shout and, um, out. Shout out. Shout Woods. out. And so... They were great. They were supposed to come Wednesday. They had not even shipped out on Wednesday. I even did check. John bullied a customer <laughs> service employee into giving him money. They only gave me $5 back on How the shipping you? charges, which is fine. And it ended up coming on Friday. And it's been great. I've ran with them twice, and my feet hurt because you have to break them in. But I know it's going to be a good investment. It's already better than what I've been doing. So, Evan, what's yours? Dog of the week. I don't think I can say this on a podcast. It's going to be broadcasted, but I had friends come in last weekend, <gasps> and we stayed at my parents' house because they are gone now. This Not- was a pre-recording from January. <laughs> yes, yeah, a long time ago. But it was great. Just got to hang out at the house. The, we went the house hiking. is in Williamson County, so it's fine. That is true. We're open there, so it's all fine. So we had some good times. It was great to see people. Just That's a statement Just that can be left people. there. It was great to see We're people. We're not good enough for you. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Stuff. All right, cats. Um, 
uh, to quote the great Toby Keith, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Oh. Um, we played Frisbee today <laughs> as a house, and I, it was, I did not pace myself very well. It was a good time. My cat of the week, Evan, I think I may be stealing yours. Good. But I woke up Friday morning to Evan beating his hand against... <laughs> That's my dog of the week, actually. <laughs> uh, beating his hand against our co- coffee table in the middle of the living room. And, you know, it's 8.30 and Friday's my day off, so I'm, like, just trying to get some sleep. And he's beating his hand against this coffee table. I walk out and he goes, we have a brown recluse in our house. It touched my foot. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably not the worst thing that's touched your foot as much as you keep it uncovered. <laughs> Make fun of my bare feet. What the heck? It's a lifestyle. <laughs> anyway, that was my cat of the week. It was a downer, for sure. I had to pick up that dang coffee table with you, and it's pretty heavy. It's a, it's a solid He made me walk table. backwards. He made me walk back, backwards John got it. the, quote, heavy side of the coffee table, <laughs> even though it's perfectly weighted to be even on nope. either side. Nope, not my truth. It's solid wood. It might be the nicest piece of furniture in the house. That's terrible if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you cleaned it? I did. I sprayed it with a hose. So there's a redemption to this cat. Yeah, then I deep cleaned the entire downstairs. Maybe that, that's what would fix cats, is spraying it with a hose and deep cleaning them. Cats hate that. My cat of the week, uh, I went to Target yesterday, and I was picking up some things for the house to make it a little bit nicer, because quarantine. And as I was opening the uh, hatch to the back of my car, I was not paying attention to how close I was standing, and I hit my head. And I don't know if you can see, but I have a cut Ooh, yeah. I wondered what on the was. front of my head. <laughs> I literally was bleeding in the Target parking lot, and then I had to go to Best Buy after that. So like, I'm pulling up with just this gash on my head. And I looked like an idiot. Nice. So you went to Shopping Target and not Aaron's Target. Shopping Target? Oh, So there's, yes. there's a designation in my yes. mind. There's a Target that's close to a bookstore and a Target that's not close to a bookstore. And so when I'm in like a shopping mood, I go to Shopping Target. And then when I'm in an Aaron's mood, I go to Aaron's Target. And I'm pretty sure that those are backwards for me and John because we've had they this are. discussion before. They are. I went to the Cool Springs one. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Is that Aaron's or Shopping Target? No, no, no. Shopping is down Charlotte. That's Aaron, your all, okay. that's your all American down, Target. Okay. Aaron's there. is down. Yeah, yeah. That that's a blue chip Target down there in Cool Springs. It was they had like a line set up? Like they were only letting a certain number of people in the building. So like it was like a roller coaster. So there's like three of us that were going in, and we had to wait for three people to leave before we. That's so in. weird. It was crazy. One in, one we did out. not do that yeah. at the one over here. That's that's strange. I, I and my sister and went to on one anymore. on Old Hickory, and they didn't do that. Brentwood man. I think the woman who was supposed to do that front she said got overwhelmed with the amount of people walking in and so she just stopped doing it yeah. that's what i would do too it was crowded whatever come yeah. on in, guys hey, here we go. i don't know all right so next we're going to be doing a discussion of comparison how it affects our lives where we find it what we can do with it positive negative aspects of it and we'll see you in just a little bit Welcome back to the Moderately Enjoyable Podcast. We're beginning our second segment talking about comparison. And the first question we just wanted to walk through is, where do we experience comparison in our lives? What are the places that it most comes up? John? Evan, let me know if any of these resonate with you. Yes. Jobs, 
the jobs that other people have that you want. Um, the job that you're doing now, people that may be doing it better than you. Not at all. Not not resonating. How about um, appearances? How like popular we look? How in you know the present like niche? I mean, we look okay. We look fine, <laughs> but like, are we five out of ten? <laughs> Good enough. Um, Six at least. <laughs> Thanks, God. Thanks. You're unbiased. Um, we're still failing that test. <laughs> like diet, weight, exercise. We're always comparing each other to either like little things, fantasy sports, like fantasy football. You're really bad at it versus me being very good at it. Yeah, I care a lot about that. <laughs> See, like we're always comparing each other to different things. Um, wh- what are some things you think maybe that I've left out on this list? No, I think you did a good job. In general, I think the things that we most experience comparison in are things that we ourselves are unsure about or insecure about in our own lives currently. So, like, I know for us, being in the job that we're at, while we love the people we work with, we're very grateful to have the job. It's not exactly where we want to be. So it's very easy for us to find comparison, whether, like, in the own workplace or even with other people in like the jobs that they have. So I think just places that you're insecure or you're not feeling up to snuff on currently are the places you're going to most experience comparisons like relationships, yeah, know, life stage. I, or, and I think we may experience comparison and not even realize it because we're not insecure about it. Like the fantasy, for, fantasy sports, you know, you may not care that you're bad at it. No, one bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was 1-11 in 11 this year. Who'd you... Did you beat me? No, I beat Ryan Rayner. It was okay. great. It was the one win I wanted. <laughs> First game of the season. he talked so much smack there in the draft. So much. That's funny. I got uh, Fozzie, though. That's all that matters. Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie Whitaker. favorite player. Number one draft. <laughs> Wasn't even in the league last year. He drafted him in the first round. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, comparison, you know, may come across as this big old negative thing. But I think we're always comparing... I mean, we compare restaurants to each other. Which is the best Mexican restaurant? Obviously, Chipotle or Chewy's. Which... Taco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's not go crazy here. Which is the best and then you threw two options. <laughs> not in a <laughs> Just both of them are the best. That's it. Um, and so, like, compare, like, we're comparing things all the time. So there are some ways that comparison can be good. I think what we're focusing True. on here is maybe the negative ways that it can impact somebody's thought process or experience or what they're going through just because they're so, you know, bogged down with a certain comparison. Um, So in light of that, what are some positive ways that comparison can exist in our lives? So I think comparison can be couched within mutual respect. And when it is, it's a driver it pushes people to do better. So I think specifically, I'm a soccer fan. So Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, hands down. They play soccer in case you don't watch. Yeah, the better one. Um, they <laughs> what, what? The better football. They are clearly, without a doubt, the two best in the world. Like, nobody's debating that. But it's always a competition between which one is better, about who is actually the best in the world. Neither of them buy into it. They don't really care. Both of them think they're the best in the world. So they're not really concerned with what everybody else thinks. But they've been competing like this since like 2008, something like that. 
So for almost 12 years, they've been going back and forth, breaking records, and then now just competing with themselves at this point. But they don't hate each other. It doesn't like cause strife between them. Like they have a lot of respect for one another, love competing. When Cristiano left the Spanish league, go play in Italy, Lionel Messi talked about how much he missed playing Cristiano Ronaldo. Cause like, it's just, it's not as fun anymore. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think comparison can push you to be, get, to be better. Um, I think about when I played high school sports and knowing that somebody was trying to get the starting position that I also wanted made me work harder maybe want to, you know, beat them out and, and figure out what, you know, they were bad at and be good at that. Um, I even think about, like, I think comparison, especially depending on who it comes from, can be helpful. I This is such a funny example, but when I was in elementary school and middle school, my mom used to compare me all the time to Andrew Hubbard, which he was my neighbor and one of my best friends. And the she best. all, and he's such a, he was like... Just a really nice kid, for the most part, until I punched him in the face because he, he tried to mess with me. You know, we can get into that story another day. Another day. <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, he's a pretty, like, relaxed guy. He's the nicest, quietest person on the face of the planet in the best way. Yes, he's a really, really <laughs> nice guy. And so my mom always used to be like, why don't you act like him more? <laughs> and I'm just like, mom. I'm still asking you that. <laughs> And so, like, I was like, Mom, why are you doing this? Like, and that, I mean, it does bother me, but, like, at the same time, you know, I want to be a good kid. I want my mom to like me and everything. So, I think that did, in some ways, push me to, okay, what are some things he's doing right? What are some things I can adapt? Um, and I, I think comparing yourself to a good example, and just like as Christians, we're always supposed to be comparing ourselves to who Christ is, okay? His perfection level. Yeah. If we're comparing ourselves to him, we see everything he's perfect at and we're, what he's doing to be perfect at it. And those are things we want to improve as well. Um, you know, and I think personally in my own walk, uh, that has to do with prayer. Like Jesus is so great throughout, um, I think especially in Mark, where he like pulls away so often and has spent so much time before each day spending time in prayer. And uh, that's a positive comparison. I'm comparing my prayer life to what Jesus was doing, and and it's driving me to be better. Um, what 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 else do you think? What are some positive things? I think those are the big ones. I mean, comparison at its best drives you to be better and drives you to want to be more like somebody that you respect and you admire. And we'll get more into the negative side of things. They like the the dark side of that is envy, which envy. Greed is, I want everything. Envy is, I want what that person has, but it doesn't matter if I get it. I just don't want them to have it anymore. And that really is where comparison gets bad of you start pitting yourself against people and saying, I don't even care if they're the best in the world or if I'm the best in the world, rather. Like, I just don't want them to be the best in the world anymore. And that's where it gets bad. Like comparison, like we're talking about is saying, I love that person. I respect that person. I want to be more like this person. I don't think I have to bring them down in order to grow with them in a sense. Yeah. And, um, I think (laughs) this example popped in my head, which is such a dumb example, but we were watching the, uh, the star Wars, the final three, the last one, rise of Skywalker just coming out on, Mm. on, uh, Disney plus. And so we're watching that on Friday riddled with, just plot holes just so many problems anyway at the last one okay general hux okay played by 
the wonderful... Donald Gleason's so good. Why is he so bad in those? <laughs> so, General Hux oh. is helping the bad I am the guys. spy. Yeah, he's helping the rebels. Spoiler, sorry. Because he goes, I don't care if you win. I just don't want Kylo Ren to take over. Yes. And you just see that like envy the whole time. They're just always back and forth at each other. Um, what are some other negative ways... I mean, I think we're envy's a big one. I think that kind of drives the the bus. But what are some other negative ways that um, comparison can work in a person's life? One of the things we talked about a lot in preparation for this was, and this was kind of like the the catalyst for us talking about this this week, is relationships and how comparison gets into relationships and just causes really, really messy things. So, you know, for instance, if you're you have a really close friend, you guys are in a group setting, and for some reason, other people in the group start, like, pitting you guys against each other in this comparison game of, like, oh, well, you do this better, and you do that better, whereas you two were fine before that, like, just totally cool friends in, like, this unified moment of just, like, we like one another, we like hanging out with one another, we're friends. Now, all of a sudden, there's, like, this thing between you where you're turning toward each other and starting to see comparison and like am I not as good as you do they like you better than me should I be better at this so I think like especially in relationships comparison gets really 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 messy and I love uh one of the things my church talks about all the time you know the scripture has one competitive verse in the entire bible and that is where Paul says in Romans 12 outdo one another in showing honor that is the only competitive thing we're given in scripture to run after is outdo one another in showing honor. And so I think that's that's the key that we miss out on when comparison starts coming in is it just makes us insecure. It makes us constantly second guess things. It makes us selfish because we're always worried about how we're appearing, how we're coming across, if we're good, all those kind yeah. of things. And I think the, especially as, Christians, you know, we're always told like value everybody, like value the human life. Um, and I think this is the example of it is we're all going to be different. We all have something different to bring to the table. Just like me and you, Evan, have, have had similar stories in a sense of we have gone to the same church, worked at the same church. Now we work at the same job. Do we do that job or those jobs differently? Mm-hmm. Yes, very differently. How I operate is a lot differently than how you operate. And when we train one another, it is something to behold. It's hilarious. <laughs> Lots of muting the microphone saying, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and you just laugh at me because I'm just merciless. <laughs> just <laughs> pulling no punches on people. Um, and so, like, I think, yeah, we can compare ourselves to each other. But I think we both also... Uh, not to brag, but, like, we both are doing a good job. We both are, like, objectively by our bosses I are told. Yeah. yeah, you do a great job. <laughs> you do a lot better job than me. Oh, um, my gosh, no. <laughs> but, like, we're objectively told by our bosses and by, like, leadership, people around us, that we do a good job. Do we operate completely differently? Absolutely. And even in ministry, like, how you teach is so much different than how I teach. And, yeah. like, you take much longer to prepare for the same length and lesson than much. I do. Maybe that's just because you're a more diligent person. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, we do things a lot differently. And you should have seen me prepare for Sunday school this morning. <laughs> I hit those, Five minutes before. I, I hit those kids with two verses and they were the ones I already knew. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, like we do things differently and that's okay. And like, I think it's a good thing. It's been neat in, in our lives that like, yes, we're in similar fields, but we do it completely differently and we've been okay with that. Like there's not times where I try to change how you, I mean, it may frustrate me for a moment, but like, I don't go up to him and be like, I hate how you're working. I think you're doing a bad job. Like, I know you're doing a good job, even though I don't understand why, like how you're doing some of the things you're doing or why you act a certain way. Yeah. Like, I still think you're doing a good job. And you may argue that for me too. I don't know how you feel about yes, my I work. <laughs> but yeah, like I think it's all about where the comparison is rooted out of. And we, you know, envy is a big thing that we've been talking about. Um, what do you think? What are some other root causes you think? I was going to say, I think if you even scale it back even further, I, I know this is true for me in my life. Maybe not to bring in the Enneagram to this, but like maybe it's because I'm an Enneagram seven and not having enough is like, that's my base fear, supposedly. I don't know. It works sometimes <laughs> when we talk about it. But I think for everybody, there's a root fear of, like, there's not enough respect, there's not enough love, there's not enough admiration to go around. And so if I'm not the one receiving those things, if I'm not the best, then I'm going to be left out. I'm not going to get something out of this. And so you're constantly worried about that and comparing yourself because you want all that stuff. When the truth is, like we were just saying, it's not a competition. Like people do things differently and we are wired differently. And that is a beautiful thing that there's so many different people who do things so many different ways. And there is a unique beauty about the way that you do things and go about things, the way that you think, the way that you interact with people that you bring to the table, nobody else does. There's not like so much of the pie to go around for people when it comes to appreciating how people function, who they are. There's more than enough to go around for everybody. And I think that really is, I, I don't know how you get there without a Christian worldview, because I think the gospel is the open door into that mindset of God is an endless well of love and, and beauty and all these things and grace for us. That's how we pour that out to other people. We don't have to compete anymore because we are getting more than enough. Um, which I think is the the real goal of comparison is I want to have enough. Yeah. And I think like, as both of you guys being big history guys, if you look back on societies that succeed, it's societies that have a lot of value for their citizens and mm-hmm. everyone is valued in their roles. I think, um, you know, I think of even America, I think, you know, at least for a, a long time, we've been a very successful, and I think that's because of how are we value our people. And even though we've had you know problems throughout the way way with slavery and things like that, and not valuing races enough as we should. A hot button right now. Yeah, they've been going on. Um, I think one thing that will improve us as a society is valuing each other. Um, because we we see the importance of oh, you don't look like me, you don't talk like me, but you have a different perspective that I need to hear. Michelle Obama and George W. Bush's relationship is the hallmark of this, and it's one of my favorite things <laughs> in the world. They're the goofiest friends that have ever existed, and total opposites, but they have a lot of respect for one another and just like yeah. one another as people. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think arguably there's a lesson there as well, because you're also talking about two people who have not only different, but oftentimes competing visions for what they want this country to look like but because they're able to value each other on a human level that does not affect 
you know, the relationship that they have, they're still able to enjoy that relationship, even though, um, yeah, it, it, some some of the things that they, they kind of want to believe in are not only different, but, like, are at odds with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and I think valuing each other will help us be better listeners and will be, in, in turn, help us be better Bring in action around. as well. There we go. Um, so, last thing before we move on, uh, what are some practical steps to manage the need to compare and when you are compared to something else or you feel that comparison, what are some just practical things you can do to kind of drive that for a positive way? Yeah. That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard because it's something we all are constantly experiencing and trying to put words to as we're experiencing it. And even talking about it now, I'm sure we're all doing it to some degree internally. I think the thing for me that I always try at least to do is one, not react out of my need to compare in the moment so that I don't do something dumb. (laughs) Just like that I'm going to regret later and wait until I have time to sit down and really process through why am I why am I feeling this way right now? What am I comparing for? Like you talked about the fantasy league thing, like prepared for that. Obviously, you don't really care that much about winning a fantasy league. So like sitting down and thinking, all right, why am I caring this much about this? Like this is a thing that's being blown out of proportion in my mind. Why is it? Yeah. So being able to figure out what's going on in my own mind, in my own heart, that's making me want to feel this way right now is key. Yeah. I think refocusing our priorities is important just kind of like what you're talking about um if you have something blown out of proportion in your mind you know why why are you overcompensating towards that there must be something else on the flip side of that that's causing it um yeah i think at the end of the day also something that is so much easier to say than it is to do um but remembering at the end of the day your creator looks at you and for those of us that are in Christ, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see me or Evan or John or whoever. He just he just sees Jesus. And that's something that I was reminded of this week, getting into a new podcast that I've really been enjoying with uh, Phil Robertson and the Duck Dynasty guys. <laughs> I and thought you were going to say us, man. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, oh. obviously this is, this is podcast 1A and anything else is, you know, podcast 1B. But, yeah, I don't know. They, they were hitting that... Um, recently and it was it was a good reminder yeah all right great well on that note we're gonna transition to our highly important new brand of last week's brand mount rushmore uh the important tricycle of competitive moments let's giddy up boys I want to ride my tricycle. I want to ride my tricycle. I want to ride it where I like. Welcome back for the new segment, Tricycle Hot Out of the Oven, of our favorite competitive moments. And I think it's important, you know, just so we're clear competitive, not sports moments, okay? Not just. Not just sports moments. moments. And we're thinking, like, the highs of competition. Not just, like, this was a great, you know, a fun game or a fun, a crazy thing that happened in a game. But, like, where was competition at its highest point? 
Okay. Yeah, everybody agreed? I'm ready to go. Alright. I will start because it's my turn. Uh, my first one on my trek will be Michael Phelps coming back for his Olympic return. His last one he did. Where was that? Rio? Where Ryan Lochte got arrested? Um, so he is racing. I remember that. Who was the guy he, ra- he raced against? And it's just that famous video of him staring him down right before mm-hmm. the race. That is my top competitive moment right there. Okay. Which wheel on your trike is that one? Because that's um, got some big dips. It's got to be the first. Because it's my first one, mm-hmm. it's got to be the front one. Because yeah, that's the this biggest the, this the big wheel. wheel. Yeah. All right, Evan. Um, my first tricycle wheel is in 2007, a pretty much unknown guy named Lionel Messi played a game versus the Spanish side, Getafe. Lionel Messi took the ball from half field, 100% solo, dribbled past at least six defenders on the way, and scored a completely solo goal that would launch himself just as an absolute legend at Barcelona and then around the world. That is a moment I look back on. It's like, this was an incredible moment to witness. Absolutely insane. Look it up. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, I, mine, mine are probably really broad moments. And so my first one... I don't know if this is going to mess with anybody else. But, like, that moment um, right before a football game, you've, you know, done the coin toss, and you've kind of the kicker's lining the ball up, and basically not only that moment of, like, we're about to play football, but, like, what that moment represents of, you know, we've put in the last week game planning these guys, working ourselves out, doing all the kind of stuff that uh, that goes into preparing for a football game. And it's just, like, this moment where – the crowd is, you know, into it, and you've got, you know, 11 guys looking at 11 guys trying to figure out, like, was, did I do enough this week? And I love that. I think it's so cool. Um, so that was moment number one for me. Um, moment number two would be, um, it's, it's summertime, you're at, down at the, uh, the neighborhood pool, or wherever you're at, and the kids kind of start lining up at the diving board Mm. and you're standing there in line and you're trying to figure out like how am I going to make you know the biggest splash or maybe you know can I actually do this backflip or whatever and always a cannonball guy exactly that's all I had maybe Mm. you've got some I have very little confidence yeah you've got some kids kind of sitting on the side maybe younger kids maybe you're like 14 and you know some of the younger kids are like watching to see you know, what you're going to do. What are you made of, man? Exactly. A big boy you kind of got a line of, like, middle school boys who are trying to throw the coolest trick or whatever down at the swimming pool. Um, and as someone with three brothers and lots of cousins who are dudes, that was probably up there for competitive moments for my entire life. Is like, I had a pretty gnarly can opener. I could throw a can the opener. can opener. I could, I could oh. throw a one and a half. I could do a, I could do a flip into a, into a dive. Yeah, you Those could. were two of the go-tos for sure. But, yeah. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. My second one, so everybody knows Monopoly tears families apart. So my family... And our house. And and our house. Mm -hmm. We only play it on very rare occasions. So at Christmas this year, my brother convinced us to play it. So me, my dad, my mom, my sister-in-law, the kids are asleep. So it's the adults. We're having a good time. And we're playing Monopoly. Now, I take the approach... Uh, pretty much singling out my brother and just trying to make sure he loses this game every time. I don't care about anything else. 
So whatever property I start seeing him buy, I buy one piece of that property just so he has to come to me eventually. So for like three rounds, Aaron comes to me first time and is like, okay, I need that. I'll trade you this for this. I was like, no, I'll take $5,000 and your property. Aaron's like, no, that's ridiculous. I'm not doing that. I said, that's the bargain. So we let it go. Round comes by. Aaron's like, all right, what if I give you two? Then we trade for this. I'm like, $5,000 or it'll go up next time. (laughs) He doesn't take it again. So we finally get to like around the end of the game. Aaron has to have this piece to keep going. And I extort him for like $9,000 and about half of his properties. I'm going to lose this game. I know I am, but he will not win this game. And I consider that my biggest swindle ever. Hmm. What did we just say well, about that's a competitive moment yeah, for sure. General Hux and Kylo Ren. I feel like we were just talking about this yeah. actually. Hey, we don't live I it out. We just on this moment. yeah, yeah. This is a this <laughs> is a do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Podcast. Yeah, for exactly. sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right, my moment number two is going to be game three of the Preds versus Blackhawks 2017 mm-hmm. run to the Stanley Cup final, which I was at this game. The games I was at. It went into overtime. Wild game. Kevin Fiala gets the pass, does a nice little backhand around roundabout of Corey Crawford and tucks it in on the backside. And it was one of the I one playoff hockey is very insane. It's just another level. It's so different than re- regular season. You wouldn't think about it until you're in the moment and you're like, this is so much different. And then put overtime on top of that. Especially versus the Blackhawks, which we just hate them so much. In Nashville. In Nashville. Yeah. After up already 2-0 in the series. It was insane. I've never... I think the Stanley Cup Final was the only other time I've heard it that loud in the in the building. Um, and so my third moment, Connor, this is a... You're going to love this. Um, it's going to be Hot Rod, the movie, when Andy Samberg's wow. character and his Bang. father-in-law... His father-in-law Frank, yes, wrestling. <laughs> Just an eternal. If you struggle. haven't seen, if you haven't seen Hot Rod, <laughs> it's ninety minutes. It's a waste of a night, but man, oh man, are there memories made? It's hilarious. Um, it's it's a really good movie. I will say, I've seen it twice now. I've really enjoyed it. Um, but anyway, Andy Samberg's whole thing in the whole movie is he has to beat up his father, stepfather, uh, stepfather Frank, who. Um, you know, has you know, there's a it's a it's a long story. Has to have a heart transplant is the premise oh, of the movie. Spoiler. It's like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also been like ten years. So that's on Anyway, you. that is one of the most competitive moments I've ever seen. I've never seen anyone that mad fighting another human in my entire life. So that's my back end of my track. I I take that as a pretty big win as the roommate and certainly podcast member who has, you know, seen the least amount of movies. I'm a big, <laughs> I watch the same movies a whole bunch of times, I know them by heart kind of guy, versus, you know, John and Evan will go see anything and everything. <laughs> so, like, being able to introduce a movie to John that really, that he hadn't seen before was amazing in and of itself, but for it to have made a lasting impact. It was good. I saw it twice. I, I seriously, I'm, that, that, that's that is, deal. that's big for me, I guess. It's a trophy on yourself. Yeah, 100%. Jewel on your crown, for sure. 100%. <laughs> And the fact that it was lonely, a Lonely Island movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's great or not, but... It's so good. It's Roscoe's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my third one, my favorite soccer team is Everton. And this season was 
rough, to say the least, for Everton. We've I never been Everton. really, really great. Let's go Blues. Go Toffees, baby. So, we ended up losing our manager in December after, like, just a final straw loss against our biggest rival and stuff, who is going to win the league anyway, but still, losing is not good at home. So, he got sacked, and then... We brought in a guy who was just like a club legend, was one of the assistant coaches, Duncan Ferguson, big dunk. Just heartthrob of Everton. Like, he represents everything Everton loves. And so we come in, we're playing Chelsea, who is a great team. We end up winning 3-1. to one, And there's this moment where Duncan Ferguson, who's like 6'5", like he's a large man, grabs one of the ball boys and lifts him up into the air celebrating the final goal. And there's just all these pictures of Duncan Ferguson and this Everton ball boy just, like, going crazy on the sidelines. It was a win we had to have. It didn't go well from there, but <laughs> it was a really, really big moment. It's cool. All right, Connor, bring us home. Um, I'm trying to find the exact stats, but um, I'm, I'm a Carolina basketball fan by proxy. Um, Are we all? Via, yeah, via, <laughs> uh, you know, ex-roommate Mason and my cousins. Roommate. Shout yeah. out Mason Ross. Shout out Mason Ross. Um, but I was working in Greensboro, North Carolina a couple of years ago and was in town in Chapel Hill um, hanging out with my cousin and her now husband who works for the basketball team. Um, and they flashed a graphic. This would have been in 2017 where it was, it was like in the last like X amount of meetings and we're talking like 90 meetings or something like that. The series was literally 45 to 45 and it was separated by like seven points in like t- points scored or something like that and so i like I, that one i you know i'm i'm i went to auburn i you know have the iron bowl and there's a bunch of kind of other kind of crazy rivalries out there but i've never seen one where you know over the course of like decades they were they were separated by a single digit margin and had and, and the the win loss yeah. record was exactly the same. It was just it was that was crazy to me to see that statistic. So, I've always held a ton of respect for that one. Having come to that one later in life a little bit, I grew up with mainly football rivalries. <laughs> but, but all right, so there you have it. Uh, we're gonna be posting a you know a poll. Which one do you, which trike would you ride? Um, by the end of this week and so let us know that answer we're really glad you listened to this episode hopefully you made it all the way through we hope to catch you next time and have a good one